0: Welcome to another Philanthropy Plugged In podcast, a series exploring the intersection of technology, gender, and giving. My name is Jeannie Sager, and I'm the director of the Women's Philanthropy Institute and your host for this podcast series. Thank you for joining us. This episode on risks and rewards of digital fundraising is central to understanding how the digital transformation is influencing and impacting philanthropy. We are thrilled to be joined in today's conversation by two leaders in our sector who have been working in the digital space for many years, Donna Calajon and Jamie McDonald. As we record this episode, both of your organizations, Global Giving and Giving Tuesday, have been building out additional philanthropic responses to the COVID-19 pandemic. Your willingness to share your insights during this upheaval is most appreciated. We are also grateful that both organizations are data partners for the Women Give 2020 report. Thank you for helping WPI deepen understanding about how and why gender matters for philanthropy in the digital age. And thank you so much Donna and Jamie for joining us uh, today on Philanthropy Plugged In. Um, If you wouldn't mind for our uh, listeners, please introduce yourselves and briefly describe your organization. Donna, I'm gonna
1: ask you to go first. Great, thank you so much. Uh, My name is Donna Kalajan. I head up a number of uh, groups at Global Giving, have been part of the Global Giving team since 2003. Global giving, as I hope most of those who are listening knows, is a global crowdfunding and engagement platform for philanthropy. Uh, We work with about 5,000 nonprofits around the world, providing them with a tool that um, helps them reach their donors, communicate with their donors, articulate their work, uh, and hopefully be supported by... Donors around the world. Um, we also work with companies and foundations on global philanthropy programs. Um, I have um, the pleasure of leading our corporate work uh, as well as our disaster response work. So uh, it's a busy time always <laughs> um, for for us at Global Giving. In addition, I uh, serve on the board of the Women's Foundation here in Washington, D.C., and have done so off and on for the last nearly 20 years so have had a really hands-on um, experience both virtually and in real life with uh, women's philanthropy and I'm really really happy to be here with you today
2: Thank you Donna Jamie hi good morning um, it's great to be with everybody so my name is Jamie McDonald and I am the uh, Chief Strategy Officer at Giving Tuesday, and in that role work um, globally on our leadership and communities work, um, which encompasses um, support and programming and um, and sort of a a peer network that involves uh, more than 200 U.S. communities and 65 countries around the globe. Um, also germane to this conversation, I think in particular is I'm also the former, um, founder and CEO of a philanthropy software startup called GiveCore, which, um, which I started back in 2011 and, um, was really focused on a sort of a new model of community engagement and online giving, um, grew rapidly. It's actually where I first intersected with the Giving Tuesday team, leading the first, large city campaign for Giving Tuesday back in 2013 uh, called the Be More, Gives More campaign where we raised $6 million um, on the second Giving Tuesday. Um, and then sold that company to Network for Good in 2014. So I sort of sat at this intersection of technology and philanthropy uh, very literally. <laughs> um, and um, and now in my work uh, with Giving Tuesday have the chance to sort of see all the various ways that um, the digital world comes into play as it relates to our generosity as a world. So I'm looking forward to the
0: conversation today. Thank you so much, Jamie. And I know that our listeners are very much looking forward to the conversation. Risks and rewards of digital fundraising is really kind of one of the key themes um, coming out of the Women Give 2020 report, um, but I think it might be helpful for um, our listeners today to kind of start with the basics, and you, uh, Donna and Jamie, are real leaders, true leaders um, in this field. Um, so how is technology transforming fundraising and giving? Go ahead, Jamie, you start. <laughs>
2: um, Boy, how is it not transforming fundraising and giving um, is probably a, a better question. Um, you know, I really think at all levels we've got to we've we've got to sort of think about um the digital revolution as in some ways arriving to the philanthropy sector late. You know, the giving economy is really the last economy in the world that's really been revolutionized by the internet. Um you know, it's, it's crazy that, you know, we're still only, at least in the U.S., we're still only at something like, um, depending on whose data you're looking at, 11 to, you know, 15% online giving um, when so much of the rest of the transactions in our economy have moved online. Um, and I think part of that is that we have, you know, we have a sector, the nonprofit sector, that... Um, you know, unfortunately, so often struggles with just the the limitations on their resources, both and an absolute level, um, but also in from the perspective of the restrictions put on them by funders, that that sort of make it difficult for them to invest in new technologies and new ways of doing things. And so, um, you know, so it's really a both a. a you know, a supply and a demand issue, I think, in terms of, of the the challenges of digital fundraising. Um, you know, we, we've got lots and lots of technology providers, um, many amazing ones like Global Giving that make a fantastic interface for people's experience giving online. But we also have, um, you know, have nonprofits that are challenged to deploy, you know, their resources effectively to make the best use of those tools. Um, at the same time, we also know that um, you know that that much of what drives online experiences in every sector of the economy starts with you know sort of facility in social media, right? Because that social interface is often what drives people to take action online, and, and that's another area where, as a sector, you know, we've been challenged um, to really build. The, the sort of the deep bench of experience and um, and and people to, you know, to sort of build communities online effectively. Um, and so I think all of those lead to, um, you know, to us being sort of a, a, a lagging sector in terms of our, our use of technology overall. Um, but I also think on the positive side, um, you know, we're in a moment now when everyone is going to be forced to adapt to, um, you know, to sort of working virtually and figuring out how to make the most of, um, of our digital lives. And I think that this will extend far beyond the end of the COVID crisis and perhaps be the, be the paradigm shift that the sector has needed to really decide that they've gotta move you know, their communities, their conversation and their fundraising online.
1: And just to to build on that, uh, you know absolutely we see um, the challenges that non our nonprofit partners bring to their engagement with Global Giving and our platform, which is ninety nine percent digital. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and you know as as Jamie said, so many who just don't have the resources or to use philanthropy's favorite term, unrestricted funding. Um, to do the kind of capacity building and to invest in, in some cases, the most basic of digital tools to run their organizations, um, you know, just not even getting into the tools to do fundraising in a, in a significant way. And, you know, take that, uh, take that thought and then, you know, sort of shoot it across the globe and realize that we here in the U.S., um, and in you know in you know highly digitized economies and environments are in a, a position of great privilege when it comes to technology and access to technology. Um, but when you're you're talking about nonprofits across the globe, that may or may not be the case. and for sure, um, this digital transformation uh, is Exacerbating and laying bare, I think some of the um, you know it, some of the the bifurcation of of um, opportunity and access that exists, you know obviously in the United states but but um, certainly beyond as well. That's a challenge. Um, on the other hand, I think you know we we definitely are seeing that Technology, as Jamie said, has just radically altered the way donors are able to interact with global organizations, and the way in which global organizations that have technology are able to reach out, find new donors, um, interact with them, and create relationships. Um, One of the basic tenets of global giving from the beginning has been to um, ensure that there are fairly simple mechanisms for feedback loops once a donor supports an organization. And, you know, those come in the form of not traditional philanthropy level reports or foundation level reports, but in storytelling. And, you know, that's where we see the, this, the value of the, even the lightest level of technology, whether it's, you know, through social media or through, A quarterly report that's posted by one of our nonprofit partners in Kenya or Cambodia or, you know, San Jose um, that can very easily paint a picture for the donor uh, about what's what's going on, how their money is being used, uh, and then allow that that donor to engage with the nonprofit in a pretty seamless way as well. So, I think while there are many many challenges that remain, we're definitely seeing you know, that the technology is creating the opportunity for that higher level of engagement.
0: Thank you, Donna and Jamie. Um, So WPI's Women Give 2020 study has found that women's giving online is very consistent with their giving offline and that women give more gifts than men and contribute a greater proportion of dollars than men. What are your experiences at Global Giving and Giving Tuesday with how women and men interact with technology, similarly and differently? Well, this is Jamie. I, I
2: can uh, take that from the Giving Tuesday perspective. Um, so, you know, our our base of um, of participants is so broad. Um, you know, we literally have millions and millions of participants around the world, and Um, and so our data is slightly different from, um, you know, from the WPI data in terms of the proportion of men and women, we see a slightly higher, not women are still higher as an overall percentage of givers, but the, the margin is much smaller on giving Tuesday. And, um, we think that part of that is just, again, this is a very, you know, grassroots day that encourages, you know, so many different kinds of participants, um, but also what we have learned about, you know, men's and women's giving in our data, um, some of which definitely parallels what WPI's study found, um, women are in general more social online. And because, you know, again, that, that social media interface is, um, is generally a, you know, a, a sort of a, a pivotal entry point to, um, to digital giving. Um, but also, we we have found that with men, one of the things that's interesting in our in our studies um, that we do every year about you know participation uh, in giving overall and in and in Giving Tuesday. Um, part of what men say is that giving Tuesdays a day when they're just asked more, <laughs> and the fact that they're asked more is a reason that they give more and so I do think as a as a sector, one of the opportunities with technology is the ability to really segment and understand your donors in a different way, um, and that while we recognize that women may be more you know sort of just um, instinctively inclined to to act on their instincts to give. Men also have deep instincts of generosity and philanthropy, and uh, it might take a couple more asks, but they're there and willing participants. That's certainly what we see. Um, But understanding the nature of your audience, just period, men, women, young, old, or otherwise, is really, again, a lesson I think that the, the, the generosity economy can take from the consumer economy. You know that we need to segment our audiences. We need to understand what drives them, and we need to speak to them differently um, in order to engage them in our work. Um, and that again is, I think, another one of the really incredible opportunities that comes out of the learning that's happening at institutions like like WPI, um, but also, you know, just just the sort of continued. Um, sort of deepening understanding as a sector of, you know, how we take the lessons of other sectors of the economy and apply them to our work. Um, and so that's, that's something I'm curious if global giving, you know, how they're handling segmentation and, and how they really use that to, um, you know, to generate a, a, a deeper engagement, both with the organizations, but also in terms of spurring, you know, added giving.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a fantastic point. Um, And I'll be honest, we probably could do a lot more, you know, despite the fact that we're a technology enabled platform and have been around for a while and have relative to many organizations, you know, really fantastic uh, technical resources at our disposal. um, Donor segmentation is sometimes challenging (laughs) as well as the communications. And of course, because we're a platform that is primarily, um, helping to facilitate and enable other organizations to do more effective fundraising. We, our, our donor outreach is very um, limited relative to, I think um, some of the examples that you were using Jamie about, you know, the, the, the asking more Um, one segment of donors that we think of very clearly as global giving specific donors is, is donors who give to disaster response. Uh, and so that is uh, a category, for instance, that we have been able to segment out and, to your point, do much more targeted communications with um, and to, to dig into, uh, you know, what are what are the trust factors that impact their giving? Um, what are the motivations behind their giving? Um, but I want to go back to, to Jeannie's question a little bit about levels of engagement and different ways of engaging by gender Um, and and you know a lot of this is anecdotal and some of it is more scientific but uh, the study lays out pretty clearly the data related to global giving donor donor activity so I won't you know recap that in detail Um, but to sort of add a little bit more qualitative insight you know we offer a lot of opportunities for donors to engage with with us and to provide input, and so um, you know, obviously, there's the basic things like customer service, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know, we absolutely see more customer service engagement and requests from women. Um, I was talking with somebody in our in our UK office this morning, actually, and she said that you know, for every ten phone calls, and we do get phone calls at Global Giving, um, for every 10 phone calls that they receive from donors asking for advice on giving, eight of them come from women. And so there's still this desire for humans, like, to, to to get that advice or establish some sort of a a feeling of trust that the decision that's being made is, um, you know, sort of bounced off of someone, which is so mm-hmm. I, I think very typical. Um, we also invite donors after they, um, check out on the website after they make a donation to provide, um, some, you know, one sentence or two sentences about why they gave, what inspired them to give, or why did they choose this project? And uh, I don't have the, the hard data, we can, we can probably follow up um, with y'all on that, but we know for sure that the percentage of responses coming from women is much higher than the percentage of responses coming from men. And so I, I think some of these um, more qualitative engagement opportunities really underscore um, the differences in you know, how women givers want to establish trust, want to establish that the giving they're doing makes them feel that it's smart and safe. Um, and then to actually share that. We don't have data on um, you know, sort of who engages and, and responds to those updates that I mentioned earlier but um, this conversation has prompted me to want to go back to the team and see if we can dig into that some more.
0: That's great, that's great. Thank you so much, Donna. Uh, So kind of piggybacking on that engagement question, um, have either of you seen any differences in the way different generations engage on your platforms? I mean, for sure, with us at Giving Tuesday,
2: um, you know, we we are in a platform. So I just want to. It's oh yes, sorry, yeah, it's different from you know what what Donna's experience will be. Right. But but at Giving Tuesday, we've really become you know a gateway to giving for young people. I think largely because the social media volume is so high on that day, um, our awareness among 18 to 34 year olds is something like 70 some percent in the United States. Um, We've really become a day that. that, you know, we're, one, we're a day period for all generations when, um, you know, one of three on the calendar each year when people sort of say, like, who should I give to today? So it's turning that understanding around of, like, today is a day that I should go look for something to give to as opposed to the other 362 days when nonprofits are looking for their donors. Um, but you know, we also see that because um, you know, because it's a day that so many young people are aware of, um, and I think also because of the 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 other really critical dimension of Giving Tuesday's whole approach, which is that it's about giving in all forms, um, and we all you know understand, and I hope your audience does you know sort of understands the ladder of engagement in you know from prospect to evangelist in giving. Um, you know that that giving Tuesday is a day that activates people in a whole wide range of ways and when they are welcomed to um, to participate by being an advocate or being a virtual or in the old days in person volunteer um, they also are more likely to give money and so um, so we see um, you know we see m- Many more young people participate. Uh, you know, Our data is that about 35% of the people in the US who participate in Giving Tuesday participate in more than one way. So they both give money and give in some other way. They volunteer, they participate in a company activity, they advocate for an organization they care about online. Um, and, and again, that sort of dual nature of, of um, participation, we think really enhances the sense that young people are valuable. They feel messaged in a different way um, because when it's not all about money, they feel like there's more of what they have that they can bring to the table. And I think that's a lesson just in general in terms of our broader you know, approach as a sector to engaging our community is to recognize that people are at all different places on the economic continuum. Um, and if you can make them feel valued for their skills and their time and their money and their voice, you know all sort of as powerful you know um, contributors to your organization um, or your cause area, um, they are far more likely to engage with you and to feel like they matter and fundamentally, you know you know grassroots generosity is Uh, you know, is about people feeling like they matter. They want to give because they want to make a difference in, you know, in someone's life or in the world. And, um, and so that sense of the value of contribution really matters a lot. And technology can play a huge role Mm -hmm. in how we welcome
0: people in all those different ways into our sector. Yes, this theme of expanding the definition of philanthropy um, seems to very much resonate um, not only with with women um, but it but something that across the sector people are paying more attention to Donna briefly, do you have any comments on on generational engagement?
1: the only thing I w- would say is that we still see the in, the uh, age distribution on our in our donor base to be pretty in line with The national numbers, you know, uh, relating to what was just mentioned by Jamie around, you know, the difference in disposable income and wealth, um, skewing donor activity older, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, for sure. And so we definitely see that in in our data. Um, So she said it so so beautifully. I'm not sure that I have much more to add.
0: Well, this has been um, just a really great conversation with regards to both the challenges and the opportunities. And there's such value, um, as in you said, Donna, this qualitative um, piece uh, to our, our research um, that, that you and Jamie are sharing with us today. So I'm gonna give you both kind of a last chance um, to, to share with our listeners. If you had a magic wand, and given both of how long each of you have been working in this, this area and in this intersection, what is one thing each of you would like to see happen at the intersection of technology and giving moving forward?
1: I can't, I can't narrow it down to one. There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair. <clears throat> um, yeah. So I, I think, for me and and for us at Global Giving, it comes back to something that we discussed a little bit earlier, and that is, you know, the accessibility and democratization of the tools that are, are needed by nonprofits to both run their businesses effectively and to, you know, articulate their work in powerful meaningful ways and to engage with their existing and prospective donors. Um, Global giving was kind of built on the concept of democratizing philanthropy. uh, And, you know, that relates to both the donor side so that a $10 donor can see what their $10 is going to help make happen as, as well as, A $100,000 donor typically has been able to historically. And then at the same time, on the side of the nonprofit, um, you know, just helping to expose more and more global nonprofits to the power of technology, to tell their stories, to build trust, uh, to interact with the the world community uh, mm-hmm. to to sound sort of highfalutin but certainly with donors and so I think for me the magic wand would have something to do with um, more accessibility and democratization of tools
2: and um, and for me you know I I agree with that completely um, I, I think at the I think at the um, perhaps the meta level as a sector, I think that we really have to understand the implications of the way the philanthropy, uh, and I'm distinguishing philanthropy now from fundraising. So the the true, the philanthropists of the country and the way that they give, um, I, I think they need to own a little bit of their responsibility in the fact that they limit people's ability to invest in the kinds of learning and technology and infrastructure that actually allows our sector to thrive digitally. Um, you know, it's, it's changing for sure. There are an increasing number of funders that do recognize that this is not, you know, um, this is not a, a luxury, this is a necessity um, as we go forward. Um, but, you know, but until we really decide as a sector that we're gonna recognize that the world is online and our future major donors today, you know, they're, they're, you know, it's funny, we talk about millennials as though they still don't have money to give. You know, the top end of the millennials are 38 years old. You know, I, I was an investment banker before I was, before I was an entrepreneur and I was a managing director by that time. I had plenty of money to give, but people, we treat millennials as though they're, they're young and they have no capacity. The truth is that they do they just don't buy the way we reach them right they they want us to speak their language they want us to be fluent in the places where they interact and so you know I think that we have um, we certainly should recognize that um, collectively as a society whether you're talking about truly grassroots givers all the way up to you know the deepest pocket philanthropists um, we have a tremendous capacity to give, um, but the old ways of giving um, that are te- that tend to be less, you know, technologically interfaced um, are, are you know, they're a rapidly dying dinosaur. The meteor is hurtling toward the earth. We can all see it, but for some reason the sector just isn't. They're standing there watching it coming and still somehow not, you know, not really deploying. The rapid investment that we need to make in technology infrastructure and practices and people that understand how we meet people where they are. Um, So, you know, I I, I think that one of the great things about platforms like Global Giving, one of the amazing things that we see, you know, at Giving Tuesday um, is we know that when it's done well, people give, (laughs) right? Giving Tuesday, we we heard an interesting stat from. from one of our, our, in our funders, uh, Giving Tuesday's a nonprofit, one of our funders who said that more money is raised on Giving Tuesday in that one day by grassroots givers than all but the, that the Gates Foundation give away in a year. Wow. So think about that. In one day of Giving Tuesday, grassroots givers in the US give more than what every foundation in the country gives away except for the Gates Foundation in a year. So grassroots givers have the capacity to, to help us build the world that we wanna live in. We just have to figure out how to reach them more effectively, you know, make them feel welcomed and appreciated even when their gifts are small, make them feel like all of their um, capacity has the potential to be valued by our organizations and um, and give them those places of, of comfortable interaction, which for them is digital. Um, so that they can actually, you know, give those gifts, make that impact, do the virtual volunteering, be advocates, and really help fuel, you know, the next
0: phase of what our sector is going to become. Jamie and Donna, thank you so much. Um, what a wonderful recap of uh, so many of the themes that have come out of the Women Give 2020 report. Um, this real um, desire to expand the definition of philanthropy to continue building community online and offline um, through trust Um, this idea of access and allowing women uh, to give according to their preferences all of these things you have really helped uh, make come to life, and have really helped our listeners understand how technology can empower us all to give um, and to and to do good in the world. So I thank you both so much for your time today. This episode is part of WPI's Philanthropy Plugged In podcast series, exploring ideas around technology, gender, and giving. Please check out our digital hub at WPI. S-Y-M-P dot I-U-P-U-I dot E-D-U for more information about all of our activities and podcasts. For Philanthropy Plugged In, I'm Jeannie Saker. Thank you for listening. Philanthropy Plugged In is a production of the Women's Philanthropy Institute at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy at Indiana University Purdue University at Indianapolis. Music is provided by
1: Localize.